Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. I have a great word for you tonight that I want to leave with you for just a few moments. And uh, the title of the message tonight, the title of the teaching tonight is called Rhythms of Grace. Somebody say Rhythms of Grace. Now, it goes along with the series that that we've been talking about. And so I'm going to read some scripture with you, and I want to just share my heart with you. You know, uh, and as I get into this, many times where you see the word grace translated, it's also translated favor. Favor and grace a lot of times are interchanged. And so you can really mix them both together. And we've been in the book of Ruth, but tonight we're talking about the rhythms of grace. And if you were to read Matthew 11:29 in the message... Here's what it says. It says, learn, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Are y'all here tonight? Yes. All right. Now, there's not a lot of us out here tonight, so y'all going to have to help me, you know, because I like, I, like I like to feel that, that you guys are in the house. But in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, of course, we know what happens. Uh, the family of Naomi moves from uh, Bethlehem, Judah. To Moab, it came to pass, Ruth 1.1, in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab. They leave Bethlehem, Judah, and they go down to Moab. And during this time that they're in Moab, they experience loss. Everybody in here could look at some point in their life and say, I've lost something. I made a wrong turn. Well, there's just a few of us that would, are admitting it anyway. I'm certainly putting myself in that category. Every one of us in here at some point in our life, we have lost something. We've made a wrong turn. But I want you to say tonight, I'm coming back. They made a wrong turn. And they went to Moab. And while they were there, of course, uh, Naomi's uh, sons take, take wives they marry women from Moab, and uh, one of them's name, of course, is Ruth, and that's where we get the book of Ruth from. But uh, another interesting passage, and you need to understand this as we get into this night, as we talk tonight, as we talk about uh, learning the rhythm, learning and discovering the rhythm, rhythms of grace, is that a Moabite was forbidden from entering the congregation of the Lord even to the tenth generation. Ruth was a, in fact, you can read it, Deuteronomy 23.3, it says this, An Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. So we're talking about the rhythms of grace. And so the the son-in-laws die. These, These three women start heading back. One of them goes back. And says, I'm not going to stay with you. I'm going, back to, I'm going back to Moab. But Ruth says, I'm going to follow you, Naomi. And where you go, I will go. I'll stay where you stay. I'll lodge where you lodge. Your people will be my people. And she says something very important. She says, your God will be my God. Amen. Your God will be my God. And in verse uh, 19 and 20, as they're coming back, they're going back from Moab to back to Bethlehem, Judah, back to Judah again. And as they're coming into to this place in, 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 
In Ruth chapter 1, look at verse 19. Now the two of them, that's Ruth and Naomi, until they came to Bethlehem, uh, they went until they came to Bethlehem, and it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them, and all the women said, is this Naomi? So she said to them, don't call me Naomi anymore, call me bitter, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me, Mara. She has come to a place that she feels forsaken, that she feels like her life has been a mistake, that she's gone so far that she doesn't really know if there's any hope for her again, and that she doesn't really see any way back for her. Now, you know, some of you may have never felt that bad. You may have never, never gotten to that place in your life. But she has gotten to this place to where she's literally, she's almost inconsolable. Don't anybody tell me there's hope. Don't anybody tell me there's a way for me. Don't anybody tell me this situation can get better. I've messed up. We went where we ought not to have gone. We went to a place where there was foreign gods and foreign people. And now look at where it's got me and and I'm really not worthy. So here's what I'm saying. And we're going to look also over it. Well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and read those now. Look at at chapter 3 and then we'll expound on these. Chapter 3. Verses 6 and 7. And what this is talking about is Naomi gives Ruth some instructions and she follows them. And in verse 6, she goes down. Ruth goes down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. You can go on and read to it. At midnight, he discovers her. We're going to come back to this in a minute. And now, if you'll also look over at chapter 4, and let's, read, let's begin reading at verse 13 of chapter 4. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. She never had any children the entire 10 years she was in Moab. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day. The Lord, blessed be the Lord. They said this to Naomi. Remember where Naomi was in her mindset. We're talking about the rhythms of grace. They said this to Naomi. Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a near kinsman. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Wow. You know what that word for nourisher means? It means to keep, to maintain, to feed, to guide, to hold, to nourish, to make provision, and to sustain. Wow. May He be the restorer of your life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, hath borne him. Somebody say the rhythms of grace. Verse 16, then Naomi took the child, laid him on her bosom, and became a nurse to him. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but some people have taught, and I tried to research it and see if I could find it, but some people have taught that, taught that literally as, as uh, Naomi held her grandson that her milk came in. And, and listen, if you go back and look at the verses that were spoken before it, I don't see why not. He said, I'm going to restore you. I'm not only, you're not only going to recover, Drew, you're going to be restored. <laughs> to recover is one thing. To be restored is another. And so she became nurse to the child, to him. 
Verse 17. Also the neighbor, neighbor, neighbor women gave him a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez beget Hezron, Hezron beget Ram, and Ram beget Amenadab. Amenadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. And so we go from a woman who is banned from the temple even to the 10th generation to being in the lineage of David and eventually in the lineage of Jesus, the Messiah. Somebody say the rhythms of grace. Now, like I said, we've all made mistakes. We've all made bad decisions. And all of us at some point realize we're at some place in our life where we don't always want to be. We took some wrong terms. We made some selfish choices along the way. And sometimes we can get like Naomi. We begin to be riddled with guilt, with feelings of condemnation that make us question our worth even before God. We wonder how foolish we've been. We feel trapped like there is no way that we will ever get out of where we are. I'm sure that's how these two women felt. But here's what I've discovered. As you begin to learn the rhythms of grace, when God speaks to you, there will always be an element, not just of where you are, but where you are going. You see, that is what gives us hope. The blessed hope. Because when God speaks to you, He doesn't speak to you just based on where you are. He speaks to you where He's going to take you. Thank you, brother. I receive that. He gives, and here's the thing. Here's what we're going to delve into tonight. He gives us grace and favor to help get us there. He speaks to us where we are, about where we're going, and then He gives us grace and favor in order to help get us there. Now, here's something I've discovered, though, from personal experience. When God speaks to you about where He's taking you or these things that that He's put in your heart, you'll see them, but God won't tell you how He's going to get you there. (laughs) He'll paint a picture that is awesome. But in your mind, you're thinking, how in the world is this ever going to happen? I mean, let's look at these women. How can you go from destitute, homeless, no place to lay your head, begging for your next meal? How could you ever in your mind imagine that you could go from that to being in the lineage of the Messiah Himself, owning the field, and not only uh, be blessed, but be a blessing? Somebody say the rhythms of grace. But here's what I've discovered. Let God take care of how. Let God take care of how. There are a lot of things I'm seeing in my spirit right now. And I'm telling you, God's going to have to take care of the how. And He is faithful. He is faithful. And here's what I've discovered also. He will do it in stages. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. 
when He shows you something, He doesn't immediately take you from here to there. He takes you in another step, in another season, in another stage, step by step, day by day, here a little, there a little. That's how God works. You let God take care of it. Sometimes you feel defeated. Sometimes you feel alone. Sometimes you feel hopeless. Sometimes you feel washed up. Sometimes you feel like there is nothing left in life to look forward to because we've lost our faith grip on God. But here's what I've discovered. Two of my favorite words in the Bible, but God. God. Somebody say, but God. When you think things are one way and you're convinced that you've come to the end of your rope, but God steps in. Amen. Amen. And that's why Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and here it is. Listen to this, Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. Somebody say, but God. But God, but God who is rich in mercy, Amen. because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Watch this. By grace you have been saved. But now we're going to talk about two phases of grace. There's grace that makes us acceptable before God. (laughs) But there is also grace that raises us up. Mm. While we were dead, made us alive together. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his, here it is, grace or favor in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Even when we were dead... In the water, because of our mistakes and our bad decisions, God made us alive again through what Jesus did by, on, by, by what He did on the cross, raising us up with Him out of whatever circumstance we were in and what we might have gotten ourselves into and setting us in Christ at His right hand in the throne room. That is what the Bible teaches. Somebody say amen. Amen. And to sum all of this up, there is really only one word that really can do it, and that is grace or favor. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, faith is your grip on God, and grace is God's grip on you. Never forget that. Faith is your grip on God. Grace is God's grip on you. And when you lose your grip, God's not going to lose His. I guess I'm just going to preach myself happy tonight. But here are three things that grace does. First of all, grace restores us. Everybody say restore. We don't deserve it, but grace restores us to a place of right standing before God. But not only that, grace enables us. Grace restores Grace enables us to our, maximize our full potential. And not only that, but grace helps. Grace restores, grace enables, and grace helps. Somebody say restore, restore. Enable, enable, and help. Yeah. And what it helps us do, it helps us to fulfill our calling. Amen. Now, here's something I want you to really get a hold of as we talk about the rhythms of grace. Grace is not just there to hold you. It's there to move you. 
See, most of us only think about grace in terms of, well, it's made me acceptable to God. In other words, I, I'm, I'm welcoming in the presence of God because of grace. But grace is not just that. Grace is also empowering. So grace is not just there to hold you. Watch. It's there to move you. Grace is to empower you, not just to forgive you. It is given in your life to overflow you so that you are allowed to touch the, the lives of others. But here's what I've discovered. And we're going to parallel this now with, with what we've looked at in the book of Ruth. I need to cooperate with grace. Somebody say cooperate with grace. Now, Ruth was at this point, and she's, she is working. She's got a job. And as she's working, she's talking to God and praying and confessing. Somebody say a job. A job. <laughs> you know, God, boy, it gets quiet when you start talking about a job. But God likes jobs. He's got a whole book in the Bible named Job. Some of you are looking at me like, I'll explain the jokes if I have to. I mean. But she's working. She's doing what she can do. But the whole time she's doing that, listen, she's not just working. Some people feel like, man, if I can just work hard enough, I can get where I need to go. She's not just working. She's working and she's praying and she's confessing and she's believing. And she's got an image on the inside of you. But now by the other token, some people are like, man, let me tell you what, I'm just going to kick back here, lay down on the ground, and just let grace and favor just get me where I need to go, and I don't have to do anything. She's working, and she's praying, and she's trusting. She's believing God. This grace is freely offered. You have to cooperate with grace. You have to step in and accept it in order for it to do you any good. You have to actively receive it. Now, you begin by actively, actively receiving it, first of all, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Amen. By grace, you have been saved through faith. So the first step is I'm actively receiving it, and I'm making Jesus. When I make Jesus the Lord of my life, I'm actively receive that. You believe that God raised him from the dead. You take that first step in that work of grace. Listen, that opens up the door. And I'm headed somewhere with this, so hang in there. For you to be admitted into God's presence. That, that grace at your salvation means you are welcomed in the Father's presence. Because of the perfection of Jesus. This is where you're saved or you're born again. You were once spiritually separated from God, but now you have open access and you have right standing so that you can come before Him for any reason at any time. And that is something that you accept by faith and not by feelings. The enemy's most successful ploy, listen, is to keep you from touching the world with God's love and goodness, is to make you feel like you're not worthy that you don't deserve it, and that you don't actually have access to God. This is where Naomi, Naomi was when she first headed back into Bethlehem, Judah. And Bethlehem, Judah represents the Word, and it represents praise. The presence. The active presence of Almighty God. 
And so you feel like you need to make a course correction in your life because you've wandered off the path that He laid out for you. And while the grace of God, listen, is freely offered, you have to step in and accept it in order for it to do you any good. This is why, and just let me interject this, this is why the, the, uh, the teaching of ultimate reconciliation is such an error. The teaching of, uh, of universalism is an error. They, they, they basically start teaching, well, Jesus died for everybody. The grace has already been poured out. And so everybody is going to be saved. No, you have to actively step in and receive it by faith. Amen, Brother Stanley. It's called the gospel. That's the gospel, the good news. You have to actively receive it. But if you look at Hebrews 4.16, let's talk about this for just a moment. And we're talking about levels of grace and getting involved with the, the rhythms of grace in our life. Letting grace, Andrew, actually, actually be a force that works Grace and favor be a force that works in our lives on a daily basis. Let us therefore come boldly, everybody say boldly, boldly. to the throne of, Grace. everybody didn't say it, to the throne of, Grace. that we may obtain mercy and find Grace. to help in time of need. So here we go. The first work of grace gives you access to God the Father whenever you want it, or need it. Watch this. Which leads to the second facet of grace, which is tailored to whatever your need is at the moment. It is grace that equips us. It is grace that enables us. It is grace that gives us insight. It is, oh my God, get this. It is grace that creates a breakthrough. It is the grace that comes just as you need it for the situations as that you face in life. Now, this type of grace produces something that Hebrews talks about called boldness or confidence. You see, it's one thing to, to know that you can go in to the Father's presence. It's another thing to know that you can go in boldly. Let me give you an example of this. My, I have a, my office door is open 90% of the time. I like it that way. I like, I like the interaction. There are times I have to close it, but normally, you know, my office door is open. And so when you come to see me, you're gonna, you know, we, I'll grab you. We'll come in. We'll sit down. We'll hang out. We'll talk. We'll fellowship. We'll, you know, if you've got a need or something, we'll, we'll do that. And, and, and that's great. But, you know, there are times when people come to see me and uh, I'll close that door. Well, when I, my door is closed, the staff and everybody else know, you know, that's, that's another matter. Because there are people that need privacy or there are things that are going on. There's something, there's a reason for it. But I have a five-year-old grandson. And he gets out of school every afternoon. And so it's one thing to know that you're welcome to come into my office. It's another thing to know that you're welcome to come in with boldness and with confidence. And just recently, I had a couple of folks in there with me. We're t just talking, and man, I mean, my door's closed. My door phew, flies open. 
It's five-year-old Ty. They're sitting right there. They turn around and look. I look around. He said, hey, Papa. I said, hey, Ty. Papa, I got a potty. I said, come on, boy, because I got a bathroom back there. He goes back, closes the door. Don't think a thing about it. He gets finished. He walks out. Bye, Papa. That's a whole nother level of grace. That's a whole nother level of access. It's one thing to know I've got grace just to kind of come in and and throw my hat in and just see what's open. But it's another level of grace even when the door is closed to know, guess what? Oh, my God. That is my papa in there. That is where I belong. And I have access to that room any time, day or night. If my papa is in there, guess what? Even if the door is closed, I'm going in because that is my papa. And he loves me not because I'm perfect. He loves me not because I have done everything right. He loves me because I am His. And there is access to the throne room day and night, 24 hours a day. That is a whole nother level of grace. Oh, man. Somebody say confidence. Having the right to talk to God doesn't always mean that I have confidence to talk to Him. There is a difference in having a right to be in the throne room and having confidence once I get in there. Grace not only gives me the right to be there, it gives me the confidence that I need to stand before Him. Somebody say, Amen. Now, you know, I am a real practical guy. Man, it is getting time to go already. Fooey. How do you access this? What is it? That, you know, I want to know. I like nuts and bolts, man. I like practical things. I, I want to know how spiritual things work out in my life. How do I access this grace? It's already given to me. It's freely bestowed. It's mine. I'll tell you how you do it. You do it by walking in step with the Holy Spirit. It comes with learning the rhythms of grace, as you walk in the Spirit, watch this, as you walk in the Spirit, you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, the lust of the flesh is more than sin. It is just a carnal way of doing things. The the flesh can be just, just the nature of the flesh to try to make things happen yourself. Or try to not see how something's going to happen. Well, if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Walking in the Spirit grants us, I believe, a a level of of, of understanding grace, learning the rhythms of grace, which will override the limits of your flesh. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 9.8. Somebody say, God is able. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. I said abound. I'm talking about throw the door open and come on in. Abound. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Watch this. All grace, all favor abound towards you that you have all sufficiency of all things. 
I mean, that's not, that's not just getting by. That's not just getting into heaven. I'm telling you, there is more to it than that. That is an empowerment. And that is what happened in the lives of these women. That's what we see in the book of Ruth. God making all grace abound towards you that you have always, having all sufficiency in all things, watch this, may have an abundance for every good work. But it comes as we learn to walk in the rhythms of grace, in constant grace, so that you not only have what you need from God to succeed and prosper in any given moment, but also so that His grace would overflow from you to somebody else. People who know that they have the grace of God on their lives are also gracious people. Thank you for those three or four weak amens. I'll take them. I'll take whatever I can get at this point. Hallelujah. Now, God's grace provides you with access to Him. And right standing before Him. And as His representative, it also allows you to make requests on your behalf and behalf of others. But also, here's what I'm saying. Grace becomes what you need in any specific situation. For for instance, if I need strength, that empowering grace is going to become strength in me. If I need wisdom, that empowering grace is going to become wisdom in me. He said so that you have all sufficiency in all things and that you would not lack in anything at all. Whatever the situation I'm in, that grace becomes wisdom. It becomes strength. It's empowering me. Strength. Listen, strength, character, insight. We're going to talk about this Sunday. I'm trying not to preach Sunday. (laughs) But I want to start talking about it so bad. Strength, character, insight, inspiration, equipping. Wisdom, all of these things. Grace becomes, here it is, grace becomes what you need to accomplish the purpose that you were put on this earth for. If God has called me to a purpose in the earth, He will grace me to do it. As I actively do what Ruth did. And it may seem like at first I'm, doing, I'm out there picking up scraps. I'm begging. I am digging. I am scraping around. But I'm telling you, there is a grace. There is a grace that is on my life that you cannot see. And it may not be manifest right now in the natural. But like I told you, God is telling me something. He is whispering something in my spirit. The invisible is becoming visible. And it's going to become visible. But I may be scraping around in the dirt right now. I may look like I'm losing to you right now. I may not look like I'm going anywhere but right now. But I want you to know, there is a grace on my life. There is a favor that is on my life. There is something that has been released in my life that you cannot always see. And it may not look like it, but while I'm doing this, I'm praying and I'm thanking Him and I'm confessing and I'm saying I might find grace or favor in somebody's sight. While I'm out here, it may not look like there's much going on, but I'm telling you, there is more going on than meets the eye. 
Praise God, I told you. All of, everything I said tonight, I got to all that to tell you what I just told you right there. Mm-mm-mm. So that you can accomplish the purpose that He put you on this earth for. And here's the thing. Most people, most people look at grace as this one event endowment. That's how most people think about it. I was given grace, and that is part of it. The grace has been given. But grace is not just one and done. It's active. It's complete, but it's active. It's still working. This empowering aspect of grace isn't a one-time endowment alone, but it is something that you receive little by little, day by day, moment by moment, as you walk in step with His Spirit. That is why, listen, that's why we've got to have the moving of His Spirit in our service. That's why we've got to have the moving of His Spirit in our lives. That's why we've got to have the moving of His Spirit in our home. That's why we don't just make decisions off the top of our head. That's why we've got to have a, 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 a... a sense in our spirit, in our heart of, Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you speaking? What is your spirit doing? What are you up to right now? That godly intuition that keeps us. That's how you stay in tune. Let me tell you, you stay in tune with grace by staying in tune with the Holy Spirit. I hope some of y'all are writing some of this down because a lot of it's not my notes. And I don't remember how I said it. And it comes out, this kind of grace comes out of a life, let me tell you, and this is the bottom line, this is a Wednesday night crowd, you're not the nod to God crowd and just, you know, wave to God, drive through. It comes out of a life of communing with God in everything that you do. Living in a continuous rhythm of pursuing His presence by asking Him how to best fulfill His purpose in every area of your life. That rhythm of grace. Seeking Him for His empowerment to truly prosper and for all that you need to succeed in touching others with His love and with His truth. Somebody say embrace grace. Folks, let me tell you something. Grace is not cheap. And it's not, it's, it's not cheaply held. It's held by hearts who are hungry and desire to walk with God and to fellowship with Him and to experience Him so that, you know, I'm going to say this Sunday morning, I'm going to say it tonight. Let's just get real honest. You know when most people seek God and pray? When everything's terrible. When their world falls apart. And while there's a grace that makes us acceptable in in God's sight, and we are righteous in His sight, that is without doubt, I'm going to tell you, this kind of grace, the empowering grace, is walked in by those who walk in the Spirit so that they're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Y'all don't throw bricks at me.
So here's what I'm saying. Grace comes. Grace and favor come to release your potential. Thank you. Thank you for encouraging me. Grace and favor come to release your God-given potential. I'm telling you, God's put things on the inside of us that will only, Bobby, be released by His grace and favor. That's the only way it's going to happen. can't happen any other way. I can't get there any other way. It won't happen through the flesh. It won't happen through my own works. There is no way. It comes to release that God-given potential that is on the inside of us and to take us where we cannot get by ourselves. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.